Welcome to the Irish Tech News Podcast, where we will bring you some of the most interesting interviews and features from the world of tech. Visit irishtechnews.ie and check out our podcast section to discover all of our previous episodes. You can also follow us on Twitter at irish underscore tech news and on Facebook at facebook.com slash irish tech news. Thanks and enjoy the listening. Hi. So on the Irish Tech News podcast, uh, we thought it would be a, a good idea to to go a bit in into more detail about Bitcoin because I mean, w- once it reaches the point when your mother-in-law is reading about it on the news, then it's probably something that people want to know a bit more about. So we figured that uh, the ideal person to come on and chat to us is someone who we interviewed recently. So uh, Jamil, welcome, welcome back. Oh, thank you, Simon. It's great to be here. The idea for this uh, conversation is I'm going to ask you some almost dumb questions about Bitcoin and we'll take it maybe from the basics through just for people who are hearing a lot about it. But maybe, you know, the kind of questions that they wanted to know, but were embarrassed to ask. So I guess, um, first of all, (laughs) if, um, if people would say to you, well, first of all, what is a Bitcoin? Can I can I hold one? You know, can I see it? Right. Um, well, you know, a lot of people have asked me that question and, um, I answer them and they're like, they look at me and they're like, wow, that's the first time everybody, anybody's ever explained it to me where I actually get it. Um, so I think it's important though, when I tell them, you know, uh, what, what Bitcoin is not to start out with, mm-hmm. you know, um, let's start with the high level. It's not a cure all for every societal problem, right? Um, it's also not a jukebox token that you get at the arcade and, and you know, if you go ski, skeet shooting or whatever and get a prize, it's not a jukebox token. Um, it's also not a tangible coin that you can flip um, to, to, like at the Super Bowl to, to see if it lands on heads or tails. You can't actually hold it and throw it in the air. Um, there's no backside. There's no tails and heads. Um, it's also not a fungible exchange for gas um, in your car or the electric bill or um you know coffee or pizza um and it's also not a paperweight you know um so those are the things that start off with but what is it actually you know um let me tell you a story first see if you see if i can um you know um when i was working in my corporate career uh, back in aig in 2005 my job was to build the assets under management department which was a database um so i would go out there and i would gather information from around the world uh, 40 different global locations, ask for the information, put it together into one spreadsheet. And then once I had it in the spreadsheet, I would send it for the, to the financials for the quarterly reporting, and I would send it to the marketing team so we could build business. I was the only guy in the, whole, in the company um, who saw all the information and compiled it, right? Bitcoin is the opposite, okay? Um, Bitcoin is, say, for example, if you're sitting in South America and someone else sitting in Africa and someone else sitting in Siberia, um, everybody in the world can take that, you know, that database, that look at the blockchain, uh, the Bitcoin blockchain and see a transaction that has occurred that see the data. It's open source, viewable for everyone. Um, so that's the first thing. Um, the second thing is that it's um, open source peer-to-peer money. Um, what does that mean? A lot of companies are buying Bitcoin right now and they're placing it into their treasury, um, kind of like MicroStrategy, um, Tesla, they're putting it on their balance sheet. Um, the blockchain itself for Bitcoin is a is an open source software. Um, in my book, Regeneration X, I say it's democratized monetary system, um, but really, really it's a token uh, that gives one the right 
to actually contribute to the, the, the Bitcoin blockchain, um, you know, trade-off, would you contribute to the blockchain or would you hold and store that Bitcoin as it's been rising in value over the years, you know, so that's what makes it money is, is the ability to do something with it and the ability to store it as a store value. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. And, and I think that really helps. Um, so then who, who is Satoshi Nakamoto and, and, and why does it not really matter that we don't know who he is or she or they? Well, um, you know, there's been a lot of, a lot of people who come out and said that they're Satoshi Nakamoto. Um, there have been, been a few conferences that I've been to. Um, there have been, you know, um, when I first introduced the space, I met a young man in Las Vegas who showed me the Bitcoin nosy place in a casino. Um, and he claimed that it was Hal Finney who died of ALS in 2013. I've heard other things where it was a consortium of five or six people. Um, I've heard a lot of different things um, about who it may or may not have been. Um, and, you know, the person wanted to remain anonymous. Um, and, you know, um, there's a great um, art in, in being anonymous is you're not, you know, uh, hounded by the world media or the banking systems or whatever. Um, you know, people want to know who you are and talk to you. And, uh, you know, um, I see it's important that that person remained anonymous um, out of the spotlight. And Bitcoin is a currency for all. So. Yeah, exactly. And that's why on one hand, I mean, and when I was at college, we had an Irish guy who was a very good cryptographer, Michael Cleary, I think, come in and talk to us. And he, he was dabbed as a possible Satoshi Nakamoto as well. So, you know, it's it's almost a, a, a crazy goose chase as well. And, and like you say, uh, the, their anonymity almost has helped that it's not about the person. It's more about the thing that they created. Um, in this yeah. context, how many Bitcoin exist? Roughly, how many have been lost, and how many will there ever be in the future? There will only ever be a total of twenty-one million. Mm -hmm. um, each block, each blockchain, no matter what it is, if it's um, you know a certain blockchain has a certain token supply, um, it doesn't necessarily be Bitcoin, but Bitcoin's token supply is twenty-one million, um, and um, four and a half, roughly four and a half million, have been lost. Mm. Now, what that what that means is, you know, they're not physically lost. You can't go and find the city of Atlantis of, of Bitcoins, right? Um, mm -hmm. People have over the years have, you know, especially those who got in early, forgot their passwords. Uh, we'll get into probably get into that, right? They forgot their passwords. They lost their computer. Um, they did whatever, and they can't retrieve the Bitcoin that they accessed through the blockchain. Um, so right now the only took supply is about 16, 16 and a half, um, which even makes it even more scarce. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, I, I just think that's an important thing. Almost mad that so much has been lost, but at the same time, if your hard drive dies and you had it on your hard drive, then yeah, like that's the thing. So, so in that way, um, how can, a, how can a newcomer get into this space and, and maybe talk a bit about hot wallets and cold wallets and then security? Sure. Um, well, I tell you, back in 2018, um, I was on my, you know, I was had my second heart attack, right? Um, and I had $10 left to my name. Um, but what I had was I had a, um, at the time it was called a bread wallet, it's a BRD wallet. Um, and I had a bank account and I bought a, I bought a, um, I don't even know, I bought a Bitcoin or bought a cryptocurrency. 
Um, you know, and I spent the next few months building the Bitcoin. Um, but I just bought it with ten with ten dollars, you know, and a lot of people think that the price is, you know, it's hit hovering around fifty thousand. Now it's forty nine thousand two hundred as we speak. And they think they need forty five thousand two hundred dollars and they missed the boat. You haven't missed the boat. Um, you can buy it with ten, you can buy it with twenty, you can buy it with five dollars. Um, and you know, they have a fraction most people have a fraction of a Bitcoin. Um, and to be part of you, you you don't really know what's to the experience of it until you actually buy part of a Bitcoin. Um, and then, you know, there's a mind shift. For me, the mind shift was, um, was hope. Um, was, okay, I'm in the hospice, hospital bed right now, but you know what? I see a bright future for myself just because I bought into that Bitcoin at that time. Um, so anybody can at any time. The most popular places to buy are Coinbase, Gemini, Kraken in the U.S., um, and overseas, um, you know, you have exchanges um, like Binance, um, but you also have Crypto.com. And uh, if you're buying on a wallet, you have BRD or Kyber Network, or, or there's lots of places where you can get a Bitcoin. Um, so uh, that's that. Um, and then there are two ways to access, you know, getting a Bitcoin. One is through exchanges, and two is through a wallet. Um, and a lot of people buy on an exchange. Um, and then they transfer to a wallet and they store their Bitcoin there instead of storing it on the exchange. Um, but those are the two gateway points, um, entry points are the exchanges and the wallets. Mm -hmm. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. So when so when we spoke uh, just under two weeks ago, Bitcoin was about thirty-seven thousand. Now it's going at forty-nine thousand. Now, now I don't imagine that if we talk every two weeks, it's going to go up twelve thousand, is it? So, so, so what's what's a more sane way of looking at what Bitcoin's going to do? Because I think neither of us want to have a conversation where we're saying it's going up twelve grand every two weeks. I don't think that's going to be how Bitcoin's history is or its future. Man, I, 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 um, I look at your question, that your question, I'm like, you know, um, I really take two views when it comes to crypto and I like to talk about them both. Mm -hmm. The first is short term view, um, which is non Bitcoin related. And then the other is a hundred year view, which is absolutely Bitcoin related. I think right now we're only scratching the surface. People are looking at it as uh, store value as money. But when you look back um, 100 years from now, and we're going to be long gone, our kids maybe too, and we'll have our grandkids will be looking at this. What were the breakthroughs in Bitcoin in terms of energy and energy conservation, um, climate management and control, um, and mathematics? What are the breakthroughs there in, co in computing? That's the real um, that's the real value in Bitcoin. It's not just holding on a treasure, but what are the actual big what actual breakthroughs? Because you know the time the time Jesus was born, and I don't like to use secular um, you know comparisons. I think a better comparison is automobile. Um, you know they weren't looking at okay, what if, what if Tesla comes along a hundred years later? You know, but I did. So um, what are the real breakthroughs that are possible? And we're living through the early stages of Bitcoin right now, and the blockchain for Bitcoin is not breakable. Um, you're not going to break it. It's kind of like compared to Stonehenge or what the ancient Aztecs built um, or the Egyptian pyramids. It's here. It's on the planet. Um, you know, this creation and invention is here, and it's taking a lot of energy um, up, and it's not going anywhere. So what's the real value? And we don't know right now. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that's the thing. Um, 
and I guess so in that context, uh, here's a dumb question. Um, suppose, I mean, because some people argue that Bitcoin is clunky and has its limits. So is it conceivable that something else will come along and replace it or, or because Bitcoin's been out in the wild for 10 years now uh, or 10 plus now, is does it have first mover precedence and advantage? Like, I guess, is this gold 2.0 or, or is it not? I have a list of things that um, that could possibly break, um, that could possibly end Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. uh, one, an alien invasion, uh, nuclear holocaust, uh, dinosaur era meteor, an iron catastrophe where the nickel and the iron come up from the core of the earth and melt the crust, um, the swelling of the sun to a giant red star, and if you ever saw Kevin Costner's movie Waterworld, um, those things um, could possibly break Bitcoin. There's a possibility in 200, 300 years that maybe quantum computing might. The problem is this, um, is, and I bring up, and I bring back the secular one, and I talk about the three wise men um, saw the star in the sky when Jesus was born, and they came from three different directions. And they all came in there, and they, they arrived at the same time. Uh, Bitcoin's built on what's this called, this um, the Byzantine generals problem, which three-way attacking one location or three-way arriving at one location at the same time um, is, you know, because if I'm looking at it, if I'm looking at a transaction in South America and you're in Africa and someone else in Siberia, we can all see it at the same time. Something has to be faster than that. And the Bitcoin blockchain, everybody sees the transaction right away. So in order to break it, you got to be faster. Um, so maybe quantum computing in the future um, might impact it, but by then, all the Bitcoin will have been mined. It will have been out in the world. It would have been um, generated. And I don't know how, how much you use spreadsheets, Simon, but I used to use spreadsheets all the time. Now, when you start using 100,000 rows or more, your computer dies mm -hmm. um, sometimes. Um, there was one time when I was had my early job in Ingersoll Rand back in 1999 where I queried the mainframe because I was supposed to do an inventory management pro, uh, pro, uh, process. Well, I queried it. I thought I was querying January 1, 1999 to, January, to December 31st, 1999, but I was querying 1899 to 1999. It shut down the whole entire manufacturing plant for a week. Um, so you, you have these giant mainframe computers that are doing mathematical computations, and you know they're not advanced. They're like taking pi times pi times pi times pi, for example, um, but there's so much energy used up that's going into the whole entire process, um, that that in itself is um, something we need to study um, for humanity. Um, so, you know, can something come along? I don't think it's as basic as gold 2.0. Um, then, you know, but the short term, you know, um, in the short term, there are business uses of different cryptocurrencies that are very important in the space that Bitcoin doesn't even touch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, good answer. Um, so um, when we spoke last time, uh, uh, we touched a little bit on Ether, the Ethereum platform uh, and other altcoins. Um, so uh, we're going to be chatting with Max Kaiser soon and he talks about how you should only bother with Bitcoin. So, so, so where are you on that paradigm? Should we be looking at other altcoins as well or is this Bitcoin only? What are your, what's your take on that one? Well, before I talk about anybody, I like to do some research. So yesterday, I actually spent some time a good considerable amount of time um, watching some of Max Kaiser's videos. Okay. And um, I like the guy. He's he's really entertaining. He's really good. He's really smart. Um, you know. But I what, what I what, what I'd like to do is I like to you know find commonalities um, because his time frame is much different than mine. He has a long term 
uh, time frame. And right now, I have a short-term time frame. Um, so I'm like, where do we, where do we, you know, what do we have in common? And I think that what we have in common is um, this idea of, um, of of hoarding. All right, um, it's important to hoard. And I did, the first time I ever heard the word was in 2008 when my friend's mother passed away. Um, and they said, okay, we're gonna we need a team of men. I was one of eight of us. Went to the house, um, and you know, to to take out some of the stuff because she was a hoarder, and I didn't know what that meant. And they said, Jamil, you, you go to the office. So I went into the office, and there are eight copy machines, and the eight copy machines were bigger than the doorway. So I, they handed me an axe. They said, here, break this, break these copiers down and take them out. And so I spent all day banging copiers with an axe. That's the first time I heard what hoarding was. And then I got into crypto. And, um, you know, I have a lot of altcoins, different coins. I mean, I'm a big, big chain link guy. I'm also, I also love Unibright. Um, I, I look for enterprise um, cryptos because I look at things that, you know, what I did in my corporate career for 20 years, um, and there's a lot of cryptos today that automate my skill set. Mm. Um, I, better, I better learn what those cryptos do because I'm automated. I'm, I'm obsolete, not really obsolete because I know how to make inferences where these technologies don't. Um, so it's a compliment to me. But in the short term, I want to build my career. I want to build my skill set. I want to grow an enterprise. So I'm looking at a two-year time frame, and I'm looking at a skill set perspective. Max Kaiser is looking at, okay, what can we do for humanity? What can we do for Gen Z? What can we do for the youngsters? How can we, how can we make a difference? Because the monetary system is too centralized, too controlled right now. How can we get people who have traditionally been at the bottom of the ladder, who don't get opportunities, how do they get opportunities? And that's the way he looks at it. I'm like, okay, he's holding Bitcoin, and I'm holding these other cryptocurrencies, and we're the same. Yeah, and I guess like you say, um, and, and I guess this is the thing that uh, Max will talk about is, is that there's a lot more people out there having a lot more thought on it. So therefore, it makes sense to do your research, to listen to the different people, look for the commonalities, look for the bits that resonate, look for the bits that don't resonate. And, you know, both you have the ability to inform and educate yourself and at the same time uh, to then make your own opinions too. So, yeah, I, I think that's a, a good analysis of it. Um, so Elon Musk has just bought uh, one and a half billion worth of Bitcoin in January for Tesla. Um, what, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, you mentioned it's it's for the asset sheet, and and obviously then people can buy Teslas with Bitcoin. So so so, what are your thoughts on on their action and the implications of it? Yeah. So um, one of the things that I had in addition to ten dollars left my name was I had access to a, a Twitter account which I build up the past couple of years um and so I, I i follow elon musk on twitter and i follow people's reactions to what elon musk says on twitter um so he was saying okay go go uh there's a different cryptocurrency i won't name it he said mm -hmm. go that coin and um you know and then it comes out and buys the bitcoin so i'm like okay the guy likes muhammad ali and likes looking at the rope and dope you know people look one way by the other i think it's smart um, I think him buying Bitcoin is smart, That's not just from a treasury balance sheet perspective, but let's look at it. Um, the guy built Tesla. He, you know, is colonizing Mars. He's building space rockets. He's, you know, uh, using, involved with energy conservation, right? So from a Bitcoin perspective, which the focus is on the use of energy, um, because running, you know, those mining rigs out there in Siberia and China and all over the world, take up the same amount of energy that you would need to run Las Vegas daily. 
Um, so from an energy perspective, he has an opportunity here to say, okay, what can we do? Um, not just, okay, let me put it on the balance sheet, do nothing with that. I don't think that he would like just say, buy it and leave it. I think he's going to buy it and do something. Um, you know, I'm interested to see. I'm really interested to see what that something is. Um, I hope it's something that's useful to uh, climate control and change. Um, and, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to what the next few years has unfold. Um, and, uh, you know, so he definitely made a mark here. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And I think there's a little bit of other people are maybe standing back. But um, is it BNY Mellon? You know, the, the one of the oldest American banks is moving into it. And I think to some degree, people were holding off and watching. But then when they see that people are willing to, to put their money where their mouth is, then that does nudge things. So the idea of this was that this was very much a, a Bitcoin for beginners uh, introduction. And we kind of crowdsourced the questions to, to aim to uh, uh, ask the, the obvious ones. Is there anything else that uh, someone just looking at this space for the first time should be thinking of? Um, yeah. Um a lot of things um you know and i and i look at it and i was i was cooking a chicken the other night and i'm like looking at the wishbone and i'm like a lot of people have heard you know fud and um fear uncertainty and doubt in the market from people who may be against bitcoin um or cryptocurrencies based on their own fear and their own you know not knowing what it is and how to do it um and you see like politicians say it's for you know it's for money laundering i mean in order to, be, to have money laundering, you have to have actual a physical something you can launder, um, and that's the big one. Um, so, let's looking back at the exchanges and and the wallets are the two most common places uh, where you have um, where you have hacks, where you have breaks, where you hear things about what's unbreakable is actually the Bitcoin blockchain. It's very secure, and all transactions, you know, are recorded. Um, so you're not going to have that, you know, um, that privacy feature. But the, you know, the there is some privacy. Um, there are other private coins that are much more private. Um, but what's important is is um, if you're if you're new, set up an set up an account in exchange, and like Coinbase has a vault function um, where you can take your money that you buy on the exchange in the wallet and put it in a vault where you have, uh, which is more secure. And then if you are going to transfer your Bitcoin to your own wallet, no matter it be a Nano or if it be um, the Bread Wallet or if it be Mycelium um, or any, uh, um, you know, Exodus or any other wallet, make sure that you store your password, you write it down, you keep it secure, you make, maybe make a copy and you put it um, somewhere else too, um, but never, ever, ever, ever lose it um, because then you'll be able to access your funds. Um, it's very much, you know, um, self-management is important here. Don't rely on someone else. And, um, you know, if you ever see like people who say that they do free trading for you, um, there are always, always some kind of fee being looked at for that. Um, I very early on my introduction was, um, I got, uh, you know, I say con, I got scammed by a by scammer. I mean, most people early on a few years ago did. Um, who said they're going to manage my money for me. No, this is self-management. This is you manage your own. Um, and if you feel comfortable managing your own, then, then, you know, the cryptocurrency still has risk, but you can mitigate your risk by being, um, by being, you know, very care careful and cautious in the way that you manage your money. 
Yeah, I think so. And I think that's 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 the one bit, which is why there are still the stories about, you know, uh, several thousand Bitcoin on computers, hard drives that went to dumps, because that's the one bit that you really have to take care of. And like we say, with the cold wallet or, you know, not online and securely stored. And like you say, that you you, you just it's it's a high risk if you leave that to someone else. So I, I think those are good words for advice. Um, look, OK, Jamil, so uh, thanks very much. Uh, uh, the, the last piece we did with you did really well and i imagine this will be useful for people as well so thanks for coming on yeah so i certainly hope it's useful and thank you very much for having me again thank you for listening to the latest irish tech news podcast you can sign up for more via our email digest which does a weekly summary of all our podcasts or you can follow us on your preferred podcasting platform of choice or follow us on twitter irish underscore tech news or facebook or linkedin or the or the website irishtechnews.ie uh, we will bring you more soon and thanks for listening